0: Okay. Show me. Sometimes that is better. Welcome to the Prairie Land Paranormal Podcast. Be sure you never, ever scream. A podcast where we will explore the dark corners of our world, the weird, the creepy, and the strange. There are no
1: accidents,
0: no coincidences. I am your host. Eric Carrier. The Boogeyman is real. And they mostly come at night. My co host is Jessica Carrier. Welcome Thank you for joining us for a journey into the unknown. Be one of us. Let's get started with today's show. show. This is the Prairie Land Paranormal Podcast, and I am your host, Eric. I am here as always with my wife and my co-host, Jessica. Jess, how have you been uh, enjoying snowpocalypse here in <laughs> Illinois?
1: <laughs> I actually like the snow. I like that we don't have to go anywhere, but I don't necessarily like shoveling it every day.
0: No, it's been nasty, very nasty. Every five years when we get a terrible storm like this, I always wonder if we should buy a snowblower. But I don't think I can justify using it uh, once every five years.
1: No, I think I can handle shoveling snow once every five years.
0: It was much easier when we had teenagers at home.
1: Yeah, I know. They're all growing and leaving us. Now we have to do it.
0: Isn't that when most dads get a snowblower?
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably.
0: Well, what do we have in store for our listeners today?
1: Well, today we're going to be jumping back into our school spirit series and discussing some more haunted colleges and universities in Illinois. We've got stories from Illinois State University, Illinois College, and Illinois Wesleyan University. So sit back and get ready for some ghost stories.
0: All right, but first we've got to wade through some of that self-promotion. Don't worry, we're going to keep it short and simple. So please don't hit that skip button.
1: Basically, it boils down to this. Thank you for listening. Please keep sharing the show. Check out our website if you're interested in merch or leaving a tip. Leave a review and subscribe to our social media channels. We have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and love to hang out and meet you guys there. We also have a new TikTok channel you can check out.
0: As far as merch, we've added 12 new t-shirt designs to our website. Uh, If you're interested, go there to check them out. Jess, is there anything else? Nope. All right, let's get started with today's show.
1: You know we love a good ghost story, and we know you do too. So if you're looking for something creepy to keep you up at night, we've got you covered. So sit back and get comfy as we take you on a whirlwind tour of some of the most haunted colleges and universities in Illinois. Let's start with Illinois State University in Normal, Illinois.
0: Founded in 1857 as Illinois State Normal University, and you want to make sure you go to a normal university, right Jess?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: It's the oldest public university in Illinois. The university emphasizes teaching and is recognized as one of the top 10 largest producers of teachers in the United States. Among its original supporters were Judge and future Supreme Court Justice David Davis and local businessman and landholder Jesse W. Fell, whose friend, Abraham Lincoln, was the attorney hired by the Board of Education to draw up legal documents to secure the school's funding. In 1965, the institution's name was changed to Illinois State University at Normal, and then again in 1968 to Illinois State University.
1: One of the more famously haunted buildings at ISU is Williams Hall. The ghost that is rumored to haunt Williams Hall is Angeline Vernon Milner. Angie was born on April 9, 1856, in Bloomington. And by all accounts, she seemed destined for the work which would become her legacy. According to Charles W. Perry, who assisted the famed librarian for several years and wrote her biography, she learned how to read before she was four years old.
0: Angie not only loved reading, but loved caring for books. She began her career at Illinois State University in 1890 when she was just 34 years old. The normal school board was so impressed with her work that they appointed her as the first head librarian that same year.
1: Angeline was a favorite of the students who named her Aunt Ange. She worked in her beloved library for 38 years before her death in 1928. Legend has it, she collapsed while organizing a section of biology books. The university appreciated Ange so much that in 1940, a new building was constructed and christened Milner Library. The old library books, however, were not forgotten by the honored librarian.
0: Many of the old books archived on the third floor of Williams Hall still carry the call numbers handwritten by Angie herself. Staff members working in the archives have reported encounters with what they believe to be the apparition of Angie Milner. Many employees have experienced eerie feelings and have seen mist or fog on this floor. Sometimes books will fall off the shelves one by one. At one point, a psychic was brought in who claimed to see a purple column of light.
1: Former employee Joan Winters says that she has witnessed a full-torso apparition of Angie as she worked in the archives. She describes the apparition as being a five-foot-tall elderly woman in a floor-length dress wearing her hair in a bun. It's strange that an apparition of Angie would be seen at Williams Hall since Angie never set foot in this building some speculate that she may be haunting her beloved books and not Williams Hall
0: so this kind of reminds me Jessica of the opening sequence in Ghostbusters where they go into the New York City public library and it's being haunted by one of the old librarians who's throwing books throwing index cards around and just generally making a big mess
1: It's funny you should say that, because there's a rumor that that scene was actually patterned after Angie and the haunting at the library at the university.
0: That's a cool tidbit or fact. I had no clue that that was actually patterned after this.
1: That's the rumor.
0: And as we've learned from our research into folklore, rumors do tend to carry at least a form of partial truth. So another haunted location on that campus is said to be the Sigma Tau Alpha House. This is located on Fell Street, and it's likely haunted because a murder took place there in 1975.
1: Yeah, this was the murder of 21-year-old Carol Rolfstad. This was a horrible incident in which Carol was found beaten and unconscious on December 23rd. She actually ended up dying on December 24th, or Christmas Eve, 1975. She was found outside her sorority house, which was located at 602 South Fell Street. Unfortunately, she laid there for about 12 hours after the attack before anyone found her. This was because she was one of only a few students who stayed on campus during this Christmas break. She had stayed on campus because she had a job at a retail store and wanted to stay and continue to make money. So instead of going home to Elk Grove Village, she stayed in Bloomington where she was attacked. Two other women, also in the sorority house, did not hear or see anything unusual. What was unusual about the attack was that she still had money in her purse and there were no signs of sexual assault. So the motive is unknown and the murder is still unsolved. But two men, one of whom was seen carrying a club, were spotted between 10 p.m. and 10.15 p.m. on December 22, 1975. Both were white males between the ages of 18 and 25. Although this case is a cold case, It's still an open murder investigation, so if you have any information on this case, please call the Normal Police Department.
0: There are several other buildings on campus that are also rumored to be haunted. That includes Fell Hall, Cook Hall, and the remnants of ISU's first building, Old Main, which currently lies under the Quad's flower beds. Author Deborah Carr-Singer, who wrote Haunted Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, also lists in her book that Atkins Colby Hall and Ewing Manor are also haunted locations.
1: Yes, Atkins Colby Hall is not where you want to stay if you're trying to stay away from paranormal activity, particularly on the 11th floor, which seems to be the hot spot for this location. Some of the things that have happened there are hearing strange noises like whispers, doors being opened and closed, and an overwhelming feeling of discomfort. One of the, I guess, more jarring stories was that of someone being pushed down the stairs by a ghost. Can you imagine that, Eric?
0: Well, I've fallen down the stairs before, and it was not a pleasant experience, especially the time that I fell down the stairs while holding our newborn son. He was not injured because I put all my efforts into protecting him, but I did not come out so well. So the idea of falling down the stairs, not great, but the idea of being pushed down the stairs by an unseen force, that is terrifying.
1: Yes, and that probably explains why people feel uncomfortable on the 11th floor of Atkins Colby Hall.
0: Now, as far as Ewing Manor goes, this location does have a very rich history, and it does host the Shakespeare, Shakespeare, F-E-A-R, Haunted Tour. This tour explores Shakespearean horror and imagery, but it is not based on any actual manor hauntings. Therefore, Singer's claim that the manor is actually haunted is under debate and not supported by the owners of the manor.
1: If you would like any more information about haunted buildings on ISU, you can join the Paranormal Research Group. It's PARA, and then NORMAL as in Normal Bloomington, so N-O-R-M-A-L. This on-campus group basically dedicates their time to investigating the university's possible haunted locations.
0: All right, so the next college that we're going to be taking a look at is Illinois College. Illinois College is in Jacksonville, Illinois. And while a lot of colleges and universities can boast haunted dorms and spirit-infested theaters, Few of these colleges or campuses can actually compare with the number of ghosts that are claimed to wander the campus at Illinois College. In fact, Illinois College may be the most haunted school in the state of Illinois.
1: Founded in 1829 by Presbyterian Minister Reverend John M. Ellis, Illinois College held its first class on January 4, 1830, with only nine students in attendance. The first president, Edward Beecher, also a minister, left the Park Street Church in Boston, Massachusetts, to serve as a new college's first president.
0: Illinois College has some really cool underground railroad history associated with it. Beecher, as its first president, took a very active role in the abolitionist movement, and at one point, a group of students was even indicted by a grand jury for harboring runaway slaves. The college is reported to have a number of tunnels associated with it that were all part of the Underground Railroad system. These tunnels, while boarded up now, can still be found under the college leading to the Smith and Fairweather houses on the campus. Therefore, like many other historical locations in which history has left its mark, it is not surprising that Illinois College has many buildings that are considered to be haunted.
1: Many of the interesting stories associated with Illinois College can be found in Troy Taylor's book, The Big Book of Illinois Ghost Stories. Troy has thoroughly researched the hauntings at Illinois College and gives a lot of detailed accounts of haunted buildings like Beecher Hall.
0: Beecher Hall was built in 1829 and is a two-story original structure. Currently, the building is used as a meeting hall for the Sigma Pi and the Phi Alpha Literary Societies. Most of the hauntings in this building take place on the upper floor, where ghostly footsteps are the most commonly reported paranormal activity. These footsteps are heard moving from one room to another. If witnesses follow the sounds, then the footsteps seem to suddenly disappear and reappear in the opposite room. The hauntings at this location are believed to be due to the fact that the building was once used to store cadavers for medical school education. The story surrounding the cadavers is very interesting. Just tell us about the school's cadavers.
1: All right, so this is only legend. We don't know for sure. But the story goes that students were not supposed to be using cadavers as part of their medical education, so they had to come up with creative ways to get the bodies. Well, some of the interesting ways the students got the bodies was through body snatching from local hospitals and cemeteries. They would then keep these secret cadavers hidden in Beecher Hall. This was semi-successful until people started smelling something weird, and then the college officials were alerted, and they found decayed bodies in Beecher Hall.
0: Well, if that doesn't lead to a good haunting, I don't know what would.
1: Yeah, you know, some kind of revenge ghost for taking their body from where it was supposed to be.
0: Another possible culprit for the disembodied sounds heard in Beecher Hall might be someone by the name of William Jennings Bryan. Bryan was a member of Sigma Pi and spent a lot of time at Beecher Hall during his time at Illinois College, so much so that he may be haunting the college now. There is even a legend that claims that the ghost of Abraham Lincoln might haunt the building. Lincoln did not attend the college but was an honorary Phi Alpha member and did speak regularly at Beecher Hall. I'm going to say that Brian and Lincoln stories are pretty cool, but the cadaver stories are way better.
1: Yeah, that sounds more like a haunting story. But hey, you know, it seems like Lincoln haunts everywhere in Illinois, so it might be.
0: He is certainly the resident ghost of the state of Illinois.
1: Another famously haunted house at Illinois College is the David A. Smith House. This also has a really cool legend that goes along with it, but there are several versions of this legend. First of all, a little bit about the house. It's been around since 1854 and houses three women's literary societies that includes Gamma Delta, Chi Beta, and Sigma Phi Epsilon. All the legends associated with the Smith House surround the daughter of the original owner, which was David A. Smith.
0: According to the legend, his daughter Effie Smith was being courted by a young man from town. When he proposed to her, he gave her a diamond ring, which she checked the authenticity of by scratching it against her bedroom window. Finding the diamond to be genuine, she etched her name on the window, where it stayed for many years until the window was eventually replaced. Effie's legend takes two different paths. In one version of the story, her father David Smith was angry and disapproved of her fiancé, locking Effie into a closet when her fiancé came calling. The young man, afraid of David's wrath, retreated to the attic and hid in a small room. Somehow, he ended up nailing himself into the room to escape the enraged father. Entrapped, he later died in the room. Nails are reported to still be visible in the attic room today. Obviously distraught from learning that her fiancé had died, Effie is reported to have thrown herself from the upstairs window, killing herself from the fall.
1: Now, Eric, this is a legend, and just like most legends, it kind of skips around a little bit and is quite dramatic. What do you think about that?
0: Um, I think that nailing yourself into a room... Does not make sense. If he nailed himself into a room, then he obviously had a hammer of some sort. And if you've got a hammer of some sort and nails, then you've got the ability to remove nails and to free yourself at some point.
1: And how do a hammer and nails magically appear as you're quickly trying to hide from someone? It doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: Well, this is why I like the second version of the story a little bit better.
1: The second version of the story has to do with the Civil War. So Effie's fiance who she was in love with and going to marry went off to war Effie would supposedly climb the stairs each night to the attic and look out the window waiting for his return of course he didn't return and when she found out of his death in battle she committed suicide by jumping out of the window so the story doesn't have a happier ending but it does tend to make more sense
0: Yeah I would agree with that there's even a third version of this story it's a little more scant on details But it just basically says that Effie was jilted by her fiancé, and as a result of that, she threw herself from the window. But all in all, regardless of which version of the legend you hear, it's Effie whose spirit is believed to haunt the house. And in every version, this was due to suicide.
1: So what are the haunted happenings associated with Effie and Smith's house? Well, apparently, there's a rocking chair in the attic that was Effie's rocking chair. This rocking chair faces the attic window, and witnesses say that if you move the rocking chair away from the window and leave the attic and then return later, the chair will return to its original position facing out the attic window. This has been tested several times and always comes to the same conclusion. Another thing that's kind of creepy about this attic is the reports of cold air suddenly filling the room. One woman, reported walking into the room one day just to have the door suddenly slam closed behind her. Whether it's Effie or not, something strange is definitely going on in that attic room.
0: Another spirit that is associated with Illinois College is the Gray Ghost. The Gray Ghost is primarily seen in Whipple Hall, which was constructed in 1882. The building is used today as a meeting hall for the Alpha Phi Omega Service Society and the Pi Pi Rho Literary Society. The basement of this building is split in half. On one side is a classroom, which was used when the building was once called the Whipple Academy, which was a college prep school. The room is still adorned with old chalkboards, giving the place a very eerie feeling at times. One of the most famous sightings of the Grey Ghost happened when a girl was leaving a party one night and needed to retrieve something upstairs. She insisted that even though she had been drinking, she was not drunk when she started walking up the curved staircase. As she reached the middle of the curve, she looked up to the top landing and saw a man standing there. She described the man as being dressed in all gray and initially thought it was probably a security officer. She soon realized, however, that this man had no face. This obviously startled her and she ran out of the building screaming.
1: Probably one of the most haunted buildings at Illinois College that's reported to be infested with ghosts is Ellis Hall. In fact. No one lives there if they don't have to. Legend has it that a girl hung herself, in 1989, in a closet because she didn't get a bid from a literary society. Reported paranormal activity includes doors opening and closing on their own, appliances and radios turning on and off, and windows going up and down on their own.
0: A ghost by the name Gale is believed to haunt room 303. Gail had a terminal illness, but her parents allowed her to go to college anyway, which was her dream. Gail died while living at Ellis Hall, and a small plaque is mounted on the door of her room in her memory. It is said that her ghost is mischievous, opening doors and hiding things. If residents on the third floor lose something, all they have to do is ask Gail out loud to return it, and then the item seems to mysteriously show up a short time later. One former student, who lived in Gail's room for two years, said that she often heard knocking sounds coming from the other side of the wall, even though it was an outer wall and there was never anything there. Jess, can we get a ghost that returns things to us that we've lost?
1: That would be awesome. Can it return my sanity?
0: I think that's probably gone for good. (laughs) Other potential haunted spots on Illinois College campus include Fairweather House, where a ghost named Susie haunts after committing suicide in room 5, and where a whole section of dorm rooms are closed off in the attic due to strange activity, doors slamming shut, objects flying from the room, and lights turning off and on.
1: Sturtevant Hall, where a Civil War-era ghost is often seen...
0: Crampton Hall, where another student was either murdered or committed suicide, haunts the closets, pulling people in and or sometimes
1: appearing at their bedside. The McGraw Building, where a man dressed in 1940s clothing haunts the auditorium stage.
0: And the Rammel Camp Chapel, where a woman in white is believed to haunt the basement, causing doors to open and slam shut in the middle of lectures. All right, folks, stick around after the break, and we will be back to talk to you about Illinois Wesleyan University, a haunted private university in Bloomington, Illinois.
1: Hello, I'm Mike. And I'm Zoe. And we're the hosts of Stories of Strangeness, a paranormal podcast that talks about aliens, cryptids,
0: conspiracy theories,
1: hauntings.
0: What have we spoken about? What biscuit would you offer a banshee?
1: Are squirrels intelligent?
0: Would you really be distracted by the shadow of a sausage?
1: Some people are. Tune in every other Monday on your favourite podcast player.
0: Folks, welcome back from the break. We are going to jump right back into this with Illinois Wesleyan University. All right, Jess, so it's not just state schools that get haunted. It can also be private universities as well, such as Illinois Wesleyan University.
1: Illinois Wesleyan University was founded in 1850 by a diverse group of 30 civic and religious leaders who came together to establish an institution of learning. The university is supported and affiliated with the United Methodist Church, and the founders included a lot of different people, like lawyers, doctors, teachers, tradesmen, mechanics, farmers, and ministers. These founders were diverse in their cultural and educational background, but they still came together in a commitment towards furthering education. The university initially operated under the leadership of these early professors and trustees until 1855 when Clinton W. Sears became the first of 18 presidents.
0: As far as hauntings, the International House is said to be one of the hot spots. The I-House, as it is now called, was built in 1907 and is located on Main Street in Bloomington, Illinois. Just first of all, I gotta say, I'm really troubled by calling it the Eye house or the International House because it makes me think of the International House of Pancakes. And it makes me want pancakes. <laughs> and the ghost that haunts there is the Lady in Red, which immediately makes me think of the Lady in Red song by Krista Burr.
1: Lady in Red is
0: haunting me. Cheek, cheek to cheek. cheek. <laughs> Oh man, we butchered that.
1: <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> Best slow song ever.
0: Yes. All right. So, the lady in red that haunts the eye house is not the same lady in red from that song. So, it's not Mrs. De Bur, it's Mrs. Demange who was the wife of the original owner of the International House.
1: This house was not really a house, but a mansion. It was one of the biggest classical revivalist mansions in the area, and it had things like servants' entrances and imported wood. It had a library and even a ballroom. Unfortunately, after living in the mansion for just over a year, Mrs. DeMange died of natural causes, leaving Mr. DeMange grief-stricken and alone. He immediately left the house, leaving everything in it. It was fully furnished and stayed that way for three years before he sold it to the Wesleyan University in 1911 the university still uses this mansion as a beautiful, yet haunted, women's dormitory.
0: Over the years, residents of the I-House have compiled a scrapbook of events that is maintained as part of the dormitory's history. Some of these events include paranormal tales such as this one from 1979 that states,
1: In the master bedroom, just off the top of the stairs on the second floor, stands a full-length mirror, which has remained there for 80 years. Late at night, on certain evenings of the year, the mistress of the house appears again before the mirror, dressed in her favorite red dress, preparing herself for an elaborate ball to be held upstairs. Although she herself cannot be seen, so they say, her reflection is clear in the moonlight, shining on the mirror.
0: Another common story associated with the Eye House is that of a woman's spirit that haunts the service stairwell. Residents report feelings of being followed up the stairs and an apparition that can only be seen through the corner of the eyes or as a reflection in the glass. But if you turn around, there's nothing there.
1: Other reported activity includes appliances being turned on mysteriously, strange creaks, and murmurs and scurrying sounds. Most of the residents aren't bothered by these unexplained events and have just come to the conclusion that the hauntings are just one of the perks of living in the old house.
0: Another reported haunted location on this campus includes the Phi Mu Alpha Sinfonia House, which belongs to the Illinois Wesleyan University's music fraternity. The legend that is associated with this house
1: is dark. So here's how the story goes. The original owner of the house was a doctor, and his daughter lived with him in the house. When the daughter fell in love and became pregnant illegitimately by a young sailor, the father, wanting to avoid scandal, tried to surgically abort the pregnancy. Unfortunately, his daughter died during this procedure. Horrified and mentally unhinged, the father then dismembered her body, carried her parts to the dumbwaiter, and lowered her into the basement, where he buried the remains in the floor. The ghost of the girl now roams the house in memory of her tragedy. Surprisingly, the bricks placed over her grave are said to sink into the ground no matter how many times they've been replaced.
0: So, Jess, the first clue in that legend that tells me that it might be made up is that it talks about a sailor. I'm not aware of any water being near Bloomington, Illinois.
1: Let's think about this. Um, Clinton Lake, maybe? (laughs) I don't know.
0: I guess it would make sense if he were in the military, maybe in the Navy or something, but he's definitely not a local sailor because there's no seas to sail in central Illinois.
1: (laughs) Fortunately, Eric, history tends to agree with you, and research suggests that the events behind this legend probably aren't true. While records do indicate that there was a doctor and a daughter who lived in the house, his daughter went on to marry and have several kids of her own.
0: That doesn't keep the residents of this facility from experiencing unusual or paranormal activity, however. One of the unusual things that happens at this property has to do with the basement where the floor continually sinks in this area that is thought to be this girl's grave. It's been paved over several times, it's been bricked over several times, and the floor just continually sinks. So they've resorted to keeping a piece of plywood over this area of the floor so that people can continue to walk over it.
1: Many residents remain convinced that supernatural phenomena has and still does occur in the house. As one alumni stated,
0: quote, Only one thing was certain, and that was that something was there, did frighten some people, and seemed to be comfortable enough around some of us to manifest its presence on repeated occasions. End quote.
1: One of the manifestations was in October 1971, when a Phi Mu Alpha brother claimed that a dead girl's ghost appeared in his room frequently, dressed in a heavy white veil, as though for a wedding she'd never go to.
0: Another manifestation report says, quote, The clearest sighting of the girl in our room was of a humanoid, ethereal form sitting on a couch. She was never threatening or even frightening, end quote.
1: Although the Brotherhood has become accustomed to the ghostly presence, some have made an effort to rid the spirit from their house. A burial service was said to have been performed around the sinkhole in the basement that is rumored to be her grave, with the intent of bringing her tormented soul to rest. There are reports that the house was even blessed, and at some point, someone whitewashed the symbol of a cross on the door near the grave. Legend has it that as long as the cross is maintained, and doesn't fade, the Phi Mu Alpha House will be protected.
0: Another location on the campus that is reported to be haunted is Adams Hall, which officially became part of the university in 1965. This residence hall is reported to not only be haunted by one, but three spirits, all by the name of Francis. While all three Francises are rumored to have perished in the house, There is only legend concerning one of these women, and that was the first Frances, who was reported to have been hit by a carriage and then carried into the house where she subsequently died. The other Franceses are thought to be a young girl and an older woman.
1: Former Associate Dean of Student Affairs, Darcy Greeter, had some strange experiences in 1977 while living at Adams Hall as a hall director. She said that she heard disembodied footsteps going up and down the stairs and the sound of a rocking chair creaking from an unoccupied room. One night, as she was coming home after an evening out, she was surprised to find all of the lights in the rooms on the upper floors on. These rooms were unoccupied at the time. Greeter also noticed that the Francis hauntings seemed to be more prevalent when the house wasn't being taken care of. She, of course, used this to her advantage by warning the residents of Francis' displeasure if they failed to keep things clean and tidy.
0: You think we could uh, use that with our children?
1: That's a good idea.
0: That there's a ghost in our house that is going to be displeased if they are untidy. (laughs) I don't know. That might mess them up.
1: Well, I don't know. I think we've messed them up enough anyway, so would it really matter?
0: So you're saying a little more mess-up won't matter?
1: Yeah, just a little bit.
0: Another resident who stayed alone in the house in 1970 received a series of phone calls that he assumed were pranks. He was so frustrated with the constant ringing that he removed all the phones from their hooks and went to take a nap. Soon, he was awoken by the sound of ringing again, only to realize that all the phones had been disconnected for the summer. So Jess, do you take that to mean that they were actually unplugged from the wall? Or just off the hook?
1: Well, I think what happened was that they were disconnected from the phone company, and they're probably plugged into the wall, but he actually took them off the ringer. You know, back in the old days when you could just take the phone off the hook, and you'd get a busy signal.
0: Well, I take that a little differently, because if they're off the hook at the phone company, he's not going to have that realization. He's only going to have that realization if he happens to look and see that the phone was actually unplugged from the wall.
1: But it says he took them off the hook.
0: Yes, that means he took the receiver off the hook, but that doesn't mean that he unplugged the telephone from the wall. So you're wrong, and we're going to move forward.
1: (laughs) Fine, I don't care.
0: (laughs) I'm a product of the 70s. I know how 70s phones work, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm right.
1: (laughs) We'll let the audience decide. So um, if you think that I'm right, then... uh, Please tell Eric he's wrong.
0: And if you think that I'm right, you can blow a big raspberry in Jessica's face. (laughs) Okay, so what are some of the other paranormal-type activities that are reported at Adams Hall?
1: Well, it's just the basic normal things like appliances and stereos being turned on and off in unoccupied rooms, cold blasts of air, and uh, disembodied footsteps on the stairs.
0: All right, so that was the last college that we were going to discuss today. If you have attended any of these colleges, if you're familiar with any of these stories, if you can add to them, or if you've had any of your own experiences, please let us know. We would love to talk to you about that.
1: Or more importantly, if you think Eric's wrong, please let us know. We would love to talk to you about that.
0: That's not going to happen because I'm never wrong. (laughs) Don't be surprised if Jessica isn't with us next week, folks. All right, so all in all, in conclusion, I don't think it's that strange that a lot of college campuses are haunted. In most cases, these campuses are hundreds of years old, and these buildings have been around even longer than the colleges. Add to that the stresses of college, the stresses of life, the stresses of relationships and mental health issues, and you have a breeding ground for paranormal activity. If there is a college or a university that you would like for us to discuss, please let us know. So far, we've kept this to our own state of Illinois, but we are looking to expand that. So if you have had a paranormal experience on a college campus, we would love to hear about that. Or if you would like for us to cover a specific college or university, please let us know. All right, folks, that is going to do it for us. We will see you next time. All right, folks, that is the end of this episode. We want to thank you for joining us and let you know that we appreciate you listening. If you have enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing through your favorite podcast player. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you would like to share an experience, be on the show, or submit a story, you can do that through our email at prairielandparanormalpodcast at email.com or through our website at www.parylandparanormalpodcast.com. So, until next time, remember, don't be normal if you can be paranormal.